hand into the fire. Run. Run! Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-Earth strategy battle game podcast. Then something Tukish woke up inside him, and he wished to go and see the great mountains and near the pine trees and the waterfalls, and explore the caves and wear a sword instead of a walking stick. <laughs> you were uh, a bit tall to be Tukish, but other than that, the rest of it fits quite nicely. Uh, <laughs> and I did come home with a sword. <laughs> you, yeah, probably a Tukish um, scale sword by the, by the sound of it. Um, but anyway, how's it going? You right? Yeah, all good, thank you, all good. It uh, feels like an eternity since we last did this. It is, it is. <laughs> it's been a very long time. I'm not even going to apologise, I think people are just used to it. It's probably boring just to keep apologising. Just busy, just life, very much. Very much, very much. Right then, why don't you let the lovely patient listeners, if there's any that remain, um, know what we've got coming up on the show. So first of all, we'll do our usual many meetings. We'll have a bit of a discussion um, about what's sort of come out model-wise, what's been going on. Admittedly, a lot of time has passed and other people have done it to death, so we won't labour that too much. We'll have a bit of a chat about what we've been up to um, individually. And then the main segment on Council of Elrond is we're going to have a bit of discussion on the recent scouring of Cheshire, uh, run by uh, Steve from Top Table Gaming as well as um, just joining Middle-earth events in general, attending your first event, that kind of thing. And then we'll come out to the close. Excellent stuff. Right, well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with many meetings. Incom Gaming, the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire. Visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs. We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK market-leading gaming mats from gamemats.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk. Incom Gaming. Come game, shop, drink. And here we are for many meetings, and um, let's um, let's start with the news then, Dan. I'll let you uh, I'll let you lead us in with the news because you you probably more 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 aware of what's going on, more more in touch than I have been recently. It's the old, it's not the news. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of been there and done. I'd imagine this has been literally flogged like the uh, proverbial dead horse. <laughs> but um, we've had a few models. We've had a FAQ and a Rata. Um, yep. Bits and bits teased. I, I don't think, I mean, there was a plan originally when we were going to have a little bit of a skirt over the um, FAQ and a Rata, which to anyone who is a regular listener means we both attempt to understand what it actually means. <laughs> but do a, a relatively poor job, so we'll spare you that this time round. Um, it's been needless covered. to say, I listened to um, to to um, Jeremy go over it on the Green Dragon and the latest episode as well. So once once they cover rules stuff, um, there's definitely no need for us to be doing that kind of thing. And I'm sure lots of other people have covered it as well in in in, in detail. There's a lot of a lot of YouTube channels that, that do Middle Earth kind of. Um, tournament style stuff isn't there so i'm sure it's been covered a lot i just i've not been focusing on uh, match play at all um since so, since for the, since the beginning of the pandemic so I'm, I'm i'm yeah we're not the best place to do that anyway and as it's a bit late yeah go and search elsewhere for that 
there there was a general rejoicing about the nerfing of the anchors, but we won't touch on that because I disagree. <laughs> but um, <laughs> moving on. So, um, they also uh, had uh, Ritabi and Brogir, uh, Heroes of Rune, the Eastling characters have been released. Um, saw a number of those in the wild uh, over the weekend. I have them. I have them. Not for me. Um, I purchased for a for one of my US clients, and um, I'll be doing those later in the year for him. But um, they do look cool. Stunning models. Beautiful mm. models. And the rules are pretty tasty as well. Not that that's so important. I haven't There's a looked bit of at them, actually. I haven't looked at the rules at all. Um, Ritabi, I believe, I think it's Ritabi's the, the, the lady. Um, she's judged to be a bit too much of a beat stick. I have no real opinion because I don't really know. I mean, Fight 6 is probably a little strong, but uh-huh. I, I didn't hear anyone complaining about coming against them over the weekend. So you'd have to assume it's just that usual overblown internet whinging. Yeah. But you never know. But uh, yeah, and uh, not only was those of those models released um that silhouette we saw a little while ago turned out to be the dragon emperor i think everyone so, guessed um, didn't they that, that that was likely what it was going to be yes and there's been a lot of uh, talk about um palaquins reclining chairs whatever you want to call what he's being beer whatever you want to call what he's being yeah, the old palaquin thing yeah yeah I mean, it's, I mean it's pretty big isn't it it's um a stunning right. looking model um, I'm sure my uh, that that same client will he send me a picture of it when they when they teased it so when it becomes available I'm pretty sure he's going to request that I purchase it for him. Um, he might have to yeah. pay that one ahead of time because I've got a feeling we might be into comfortably into three figures for that one, but um, we shall see. Yeah, that's a, a point of discussion. People aren't quite sure. I I think it'll be easily hundred hundred five hundred and ten possibly a little more. It's yeah. quite a lot of resin in there. Quite complicated. Beautiful yeah. though. Um, yeah, yeah, I, we, I would like to paint it. Char- is it? I mean, we we up there with um, Iron Hills Chariot kind of size, are we in terms of base and the amount of resin? Maybe it can't be far off that kind of thing. So, um, I mean, GW's always had a, a somewhat interesting pricing model. You can't always <laughs> no, um, make a direct comparison <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and and you know, I mean, if we've been completely honest, um, and I mean this is no slight or disrespect to the pricing department, it is to a degree what people will pay for it because mm-hmm. they're they're a business and that's how it kind of works because obviously the, you get certain things that are incredibly cheap by comparison you get some things which seem disproportionately expensive yeah it's a mix it is what it? It is. it's a mix of um i think there's a bit of mix of sort of popularity and newness about the prices and there's also a bit of market like you mentioned in on what what people will pay for it and whether it's a, a special you, you prestige one, kind you? of model exactly um and yeah it varies, but um, I liken it to the the Primarchs for thirty k. Yeah, because yeah. they, when you consider how much resin and stuff is actually in them, they are quite expensive. What they are, yeah. But you only yeah. buy one; it's your centerpiece. I mean, end of the day, if you don't actually use the scenic, you know, the display basis on, you've paid a lot of money for a lot of resin you're not using. <laughs> you have, you have, and I've, uh, especially for the the non Primarchs with, with display bases as well. The amount of those that I've um, oh, painted for commission hilarious. Yeah, well, the amount of those I've painted for commissions that that aren't on those bases because people are so fed up of using the same one that everyone else does, and all the amount of models that I've painted that don't come with those display bases that have, funnily enough, on them because they bought the the, the display base that's been sold on eBay or whatever. So um, there's a little bit less of that, isn't there? Luckily, with uh, with the Middle Earth range, um, I suppose there's not much of a character series. It kind of started and 
sort of drifted, isn't it? Maybe some of these miniatures yeah. could have been Gwai branded here is in an that interesting way. One. Well, I've just because I've just I... done Gwai here for, for a commission. Uh, yeah, I'm and... just debating what to do with mine actually, because when I do get one, because undoubtedly I'll cave and get one. Um, I'm not basing it around the time when it would have been facing off against Azog's Hunters. It's so. a nice display base, um, mm. but I don't think you need it. Now, if you just stuck it on a plain base, I think you'd be you'd be taking away something from the miniature, and you may as well um, maybe get hold of, try and get hold of the old Guar here or something like that. But if you're you're going to spend the time building a different display, you know, that kind of quality display base, or use some of it, maybe. Maybe sort of carve away the the hunter orc, etc. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not one of those, the display base is so amazing that you you feel like you've got to use it, like um, Thranduil's, which is just beautiful. Um, you, you mm. do, the thought of not using it, you feel like you're wasting something beautiful. This is, it's a more of a basic display base in that sense, but... Um, yeah, I think I think you still want to do something really, really cool for it either. But you'd be able to, no problem at all. You just use some imagination. When I can I'm sure face, you do a good job. <laughs> when you can face doing more feathers. You see, you should have done what I did with a lot of um, a lot of posh dry brushing and glazing over the top. Yeah, well, we know that, don't we? We'll come to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tell us a bit about what you've been up to, Stu. Uh, um, I've actually been painting. I did a little bit of um, work on the. Battle of Five Armies Orcs. I haven't finished them yet um, because they're part of a video. Um, so I haven't put any pictures up because it's, it's going to be part of a painting tutorial for, for Miniature Realms. But um, I thought I'd make a start on them and using the same method that I have been for some of the historicals I've been doing on the same scale and strips. And it, yeah, they work really well. You do a Zenith or highlight and uh, black just with white over the top, no grey because of the scale and then a bit of dry brushing. Um, and dry brushing white this is. And then you basically use contrast paint over the top and then do a little bit of highlighting afterwards and it works quite well it's quite eye-catching and um so when i've finished those it's going to be a couple of weeks now so as I'm, as we're recording this i've got about a week well yeah exactly a week until i fly to america for a couple of weeks for a holiday um and i've got a lot of work to finish off so i've just kind of shelved a lot of personal projects at the moment um, but once i get back i'll be trying to finish that video off and getting that out they got a lot of interest the the video i did about it just like it wasn't really an unboxing but just sort of sh kind of showing what i had for the battle of five army stuff and talking about the future plans for it now i've got a lot um, a lot of views on on my miniature realms on youtube so well, it's been uh, i think it's going to be something that interests people um um so yeah i sort of started working on those it's not spg but it is games workshop it's lord of the rings um and then i did a bit of work a bit more work on smaug and i've been the reason i got him out was i not only do i need to finish him one one year um i picked up some of the army painter speed paint have you you've seen those or not i don't know if you've, you're familiar with yeah them. I've, I've heard some interesting things about them about yeah. um how they reactivate underwater and stuff so <laughs> i'm interested to see how you do with those well, that's um, partly what you know. Partly what I'm going to mention in a moment. So, the original reviews for them were were absolutely fantastic, and loads of channels did them. So, Dana House Channel and um, Goober Town, and some very very good reviews of them. And in comparison to, to contrast, um, some of the colours look really really good. Um, um, and then I heard a few 
you know some of the things you you said really about them reactivating when they um when another colour's put on top um or where you get them wet i mean you shouldn't be getting them wet anyway but you know what i mean if you if you if you put too much moisture back on the paint can come off now this this be really honest here any of these paints including contrast comes back off again you need to you need to varnish um, before you handle your miniatures you have to be very if you're not going to if you're not going to paint over the top of them um, afterwards the highlight and if you're just going plain contrast it rubs off <laughs> it, whether it's contrast or whether it's speed paint but the speed paint seems to reactivate with moisture uh, sometimes as well so I watched a couple of videos that showed that I thought this is interesting so I had to, I've got the, the basic star set the mega sets launched in 26th of March I think so a couple of days away um, and I just wanted to try them out because I've been doing an awful lot of um, using contrast over zenithal highlight and then highlighting afterwards, especially for the smaller scale miniatures I've been doing. It's become you know, very much my thing for it, really. I'm not saying I invented it, but that's the way I'm painting a lot of stuff at the moment. Um, so I really wanted to try them because the other versions of contrast out there haven't quite hit the mark yet. There's a scale 75 version and then they're more kind of glazes or a bit more opaque. They don't work in the same way. A bit more, a bit more like if you try to make your own contrast, I think, using a medium and, um, and, and regular paints that haven't quite got that intensity that um, you get with contrast when it goes into the shadows. Um, it's another brand that tried them as well. I can't remember who they are. Um, it's the, the, the paint company in Cyprus. War colours, I think it is. I think they've got a a range as well, and I've not tried either of these, but they they, they sound like they're um, they've got a similar thing. They're not just not quite hitting the mark. So Army Paint and Speed Paint were the first ones that really looked like it was going to do a similar job or very very close job, and they're half the price as well. And they come in dropper bottles. Um, they, it just all sounds fantastic. So I've tried them. They're a lot thinner, so a lot more watery. So if you're trying to apply them to a smaller area, you've got less control. Um, and um, and then I did a bit of a kind of video painting some epic Napoleonic figures for Miniature Realms channel, and I just sort of videoed along as I was working on them, and I did get a couple of the colours to reactivate. Um, not trying to either, just just by painting as I normally would. So you, with contrast, you've got a zenithal highlight. So I've primed black, I've used zenithal highlight with, with white with an airbrush, and then I've dry brushed as well just to pick out the edges. Then I'm painting colour on, so like a red jacket, so to speak. Then what I will often want to do is just go back and paint another area. And if I've got a little bit of the red somewhere I don't want it, I'll go back and touch it up with a grey or a white because that's where you really want the benefits of the, the contrast to work. Um, and certain colours, especially light colours like grey or white, the, the other colour just started mixing with it and seeping through, even though it was fully dry to the touch. Um, and maybe up to sort of three hours after I, I painted the colour on. And you don't get that with contrast at all. So that means suddenly completely changing the way that you naturally paint ever before whether you're using contrast or not you put a base layer down and then you highlight over the top of it you don't want to be having to think about well if i highlight with this color on top is it going to suddenly start mixing um and i had a problem with two of the colors with the one of the reds and one of the browns it came through a little bit so um so i'm not i'm not saying they're no good and it is different and you'll have to learn to use them in a different way um, some of the colours are absolutely fine and you just you know I've got loads of comments on my video lots of people saying well have you tried using an enamel paint so I'm not going to start using enamel paint just to, just to wipe back in um, have you tried doing this or that so there's clearly some some army painter bots out there that, uh, that, that they're trying to defend the product so to speak but I also don't think it's as bad as some of the um, 
some of the people getting really worried about the reactivation is either <laughs> you know there are ways around it if you you do a matte varnish stage at some point um that will fix it but it, again it's yeah. a rule for the internet isn't it it's just never yeah. as bad as you fear exactly, but it's probably exactly. worse than you hope <laughs> if you it depends how you want to work if you are painting larger scale miniatures especially heroic scale miniatures um and you're using them as designed so you're just putting flat colour down over white like that you know the way army painter recommends you're not going to have much of an issue at all um you won't really have a reactivation problem it's only when you try to paint over the top afterwards and what they recommend which is quite fair enough for them to do is say you do your base layers and then you hit them with a matte varnish before you do next layers absolutely fine so i'm not saying that they there's there's a problem with their product the, the difference is you don't have to do that with contrast. So my video that I did was all about, can you use these the same way as I've been doing in all my tutorials with contrast paint? Can you just paint this, can you paint this British Napoleonic infantryman's jacket red and then highlight afterwards with red and where you've made a mistake, can you paint all of his cross belts back in with white, with, with a white over the top, with contrast you can, with this speed paint you couldn't, you, you basically got pink. Um, and I don't want to be at a stage where I have to add a, get the airbrush out and add a matte varnish stage just to paint normally so it wasn't a case of these are crap it was a case of these will add time where i don't need it which is a shame because the colors are really really nice and vibrant so it's just about finding the right tool for the right job anyway back to smell <laughs> sorry really long kind of bit of context no, it's, it's there. useful consumer device uh, consumer <laughs> advice which to be fair people don't normally get with us so they're gonna have to take that away and you know <laughs> two months we've finally managed to give yourself some you know exactly we're going you know you might not be interested in the miniatures but um it's about half an hour as well because i'm kind of learning as i go but if you go and find that video on my channel um you'll see the the, the issue i had but um they also because they're thin they go really really nicely for an airbrush now i like contrast not being thin because i can thin them <laughs> We can't make speed paint thicker. Um, so again, just like anything, you know, I've got Vallejo and I've got scale colour, um, and they both work differently. So it's about learning which is best for what jobs. What I think these are going to be good for is that kind of airbrush glazing you want to do, um, which, which is often hard to get right with contrast paints. Um, and because they're thin, they go through really nicely, and the red is really, really rich, and so the green's really nice as well, and the purple. So I was just putting in some shading on on Smaug, and then I'm quite happy with a model that big that I'm doing with an airbrush anyway to go and put a, put a matte varnish stage in to, to seal it all in. That absolutely makes sense to me. Where it didn't make sense is after I painted one pile of a tiny model, and I want to paint the next, but I feel like I can't in case the because it reactivates. So yes, I've been doing a bit of smile partly because I wanted to test out the speed paint, but um, um, yeah, they are good for that kind of thing. So if you're airbrushing, definitely good. Other otherwise other uses, just be a little bit careful. Um, and then a couple of other things I've been looking at. So the other bits aren't directly me doing hobby related. One is the Battle of Five Armies competition, which I mentioned didn't. I think in the last show, didn't I? Did we mention that in the last show? Yes. And I mentioned it on the, the video I did when I unboxed and talked about the plans for Battle of Five Armies and, and what we're going to do with um, with it next year in terms of a big Helm's Deep thing. Um, I spoke to Jeremy about it because obviously Jeremy supplied me with the spare set that I have. Um, so I didn't want to just profit from all these generous um, amounts of free sets. Um, so I wanted to check that he was okay with it. And... Uh, um, we're going to do a comp that won't start till officially be announced until I get back from holiday. So it'll be towards the end of April. So probably our next show, um, if we're realistic. Um, but it will be, I'll, I will give people a bit of a teaser. It'll be a competition around designing a scenario to be used for the Battle of Five Armies game. So 
if you've never played it, that's not a problem. Just make a generic scenario. Um, but if you're really interested, you can find the Warmaster rules online for free. So it gives you a bit of an idea of you know, the way the gameplay works, etc., etc. The idea is that we might not get loads and loads and loads of entries, but the person who wins it is someone that really, really wants it. Um, um, not someone that kind of thinks, oh, I'll just you know, click a like on this page or something and wins it and then can make loads of money on eBay for it. I, want, I really like it to go to someone who really, really wants it and the reason they haven't got it is because they're not going to spend hundreds of pounds on eBay for it, so to speak. So that's that's the plan. So we're going to run a bit of a joint competition. It'll get announced on this podcast. It'll get announced on my Miniature Realms channel and on the Green Dragon as well. Um, I think what we'll do is, I haven't said agreed this with Jeremy yet, but we'll just, we'll just make it up as we go. Then the idea is we'll um, shortlist um, maybe three um, of our favourites um, and then we'll share them on our social media and we'll do a poll people can go and uh, click on their favourite and it'll be done that way so we don't make that final decision um, so that's that that is coming next month so do look out for that if you're interested and if you're really interested and want to wow us with a great um, 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 scenario and you haven't played the game before yet go and do some research go and look at um, the Warmaster rules because it's essentially the same thing and then the final thing Flotsam and Jetsam um, starting to uh, sort of rewrite the pack, basically. Um, 80% of it is absolutely fine, but there's some bits that uh, need to pull out, and it's just adding the detail in for day two, um, really. So let's let's go through it in a very basic way. Um, so the plan will be um, that we will put the full pack out on April the 24th. Um, and the bizarre thing is, as it stands, it is sold out. Um, but I have a feeling that tickets will become available because it's been a long time since the original buyers of the tickets um, purchased them and they purchased them as a double one-day doubles event. Um, it's now been kind of amalgamated into t- two events, been amalgamated into one, into a two-day event with, with doubles on the first day and a fantasy fellowship event on the second day. So there will be people now that are just no longer... Maybe people that have moved on to other game systems since they've done that. Now, I've announced these changes over the over the pandemic and, and no, you know, all the people that wanted to return their tickets have returned them and people have been taken from the reserve lift and purchased tickets. But there are probably still three teams, maybe out of the 20 from the original that I've still not heard of at all, heard from at all from that original thing. So we're going to... I think tickets will become available. Um maybe two, maybe six teams, I think, something like that. Um, so the reason I mention it because I know there are people that will be interested. But basically it's the 9th and 10th of July this year at Incon Gaming in Cheltenham. Day one is a doubles, um, 20 teams, three round Swiss event. Um, there are, there'll be awards for first, second and third places, two best painted categories, so like a um, a, a judge's choice and a, and a and a player's choice based sort of thing um, a best doubles theme as well so lots of kind of soft um, um, not scores I suppose but soft um, awards want to give away as many awards as possible for so that the people that are good at gaming can go and win their games but also the people that like the hobby side can go and do those as well um, and something that's changed um, I don't know if I mentioned this to you Dan yet but I'm going to add some element of best sports soft score into the uh, awards as well um, and that's the only kind of comp there will be is the self comp because you don't want to bring a really horrible list along and if you do you best be so nice that people don't realize um, um, 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they'll be a most sporting team anyway. But um, originally on the original pack, there were no, there was no VP. It wouldn't be linked to your your tournament score, but there will be slightly. Um, we'll we'll factor that in. That won't affect the rounds each turn, but it will affect your overall standings at the end. Um, so hopefully, hopefully the the person that's won the most games will be the person that wins. But there will be a slight nod. Hopefully, it becomes a bit of a tiebreaker or something. Um, and then Saturday evening, the plan is for some casual play with the tables left set up, etc. There will be some changes that Dan and I have to do over the evening, but um, there should be enough to leave for, for some casual play if people want to. Uh, a quiz. Um, we we would we would love someone to volunteer to come along and run the quiz because um, I don't like running quizzes. So I don't know about you, Dan. Do you like running quizzes? Not as much <laughs> as I think uh, Mr. Enwhistle would enjoy it. <laughs> That's not what I had in mind, but uh, you, 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 you set him right up there. No, but if someone would really like to come along and host the quiz, um, I will. Um, I will. I will buy you dinner that night, which brings us on to the next part. Um, there will be. Um, hopefully, I'll say there will be. This won't be part of the ticket price. This will be an extra to buy through Incom Gaming, but there's a uh, a curry buffet, probably. Um, if the curry house that used to do them for the heresy events that we used to run, that, that Tom and I used to run there, um, they would uh, they basically turn up with um, bay-maries and all this outside sort of heating appliances, put them out in the big yard. There's a big covered yard and things, loads of picnic benches, and we sit out and have a big curry buffet in the evening, and it is gorgeous um if curry buffet is not available we will i'll work with um the owner of income chip and we'll, we'll we'll look to try and do something whether it's a barbecue instead or something or other like that so look to try and do an optional food extra some people might want to go off and eat in Cheltenham town center and there's a lot of choice in Cheltenham. Cheltenham's a really nice um night out so people that want to go away and do that that's absolutely cool as well but we, there will be something there so if um, someone comes on run the quiz i will i'll pay for their food um and then um, day two is a fantasy fellowship event, and that will also be three rounds Swiss. Um, so the good the good side will be chosen exactly is as per the rule book. So in the uh, um, the fantasy fellowship rules, there the there will be some some changes needed, obviously to to work the evil um, fantasy fellowship, especially around the ring bearer thing. So that we won't tell you now but look out for that in the pack as well but the the idea is that you don't just it's not all going to be good fantasy fellowships fighting each other there's going to be evil ones as well um because i thought we a lot more interesting we're going to make some changes going to make the tables all three by three um i don't really want matchups where people are hiding in corners or um things aren't happening in games because four by four can be a little bit big for for, for own numbers um and we're, we're gonna for both both events we're going to be picking the scenarios and you won't know until till you turn up and we will pick ones for the fantasy fellowship that i've got three by three in mind and maybe make the odd adjustment if need be um and then the the, the awards for that is exactly the same so the first second third best painted etc um um theme um sporting wooden spoon and then there will be some spot prizes throughout both days um using the momentous moments system that i stole it seems like a such a, a long time ago now um that i that i stole from um from new zealand so um there was i don't think the channel's even going anymore is it dan do you do you remember um failed charge games i think they've stopped because i think um I think you moved back to to Australia and you can't do it anymore. But anyway, they they for their Tom Fail Charge games is now moved back to America. He used this kind of momentous moment system, and you basically, if you um, 
during the round, the first person to kill with a certain strike or whatever will, will in that round shouts out when they think they're the first person, they get a spot price, that kind of thing. They just get ticked off as it goes. So a bit of fun and a bit of means that more people can to win things as well. Um, but again, that's all in the pack. Um, and then, then there's a painting competition as well, just to add stuff I don't know to do. Um, so there's going to be single miniature, monster, stroke wall machine, and then a group, which is a maximum of five miniatures. Um, and there's be gold, silver, bronze in each category. Um, and then the miniatures that are, are in the in the uh, painting competition can't be part of your fantasy fellowship list for the Sunday because it will be um, they'll need to be on display on Sunday for judging. Um, and that, that's that's an optional one. Obviously, people don't have to enter for the painting competition. But again, I just wanted to make the event really kind of rounded. Um, and it's very thrown a skulls esque if people haven't realised already. Apart from the um, you know it being doubles and fantasy fellowship, the actual format with lots of different awards given out and things like that. Soft scores in there. Um, it's because I love that event. Um, and um, and, and you know this isn't a GBHL event. This is very much a, a laid back, don't know what we're doing kind of um, out of the frying pan themed event. <laughs> so uh, hopefully people are interested in it. I know I know it seems odd as I say to talk about it so much considering it's a, a technically sold out. I just don't think it will be. I think when we actually really drill down and chase people, I think there'll be some people uh, that that just can't make it anymore in fact i know for a fact there are there is one team that are only there for the doubles so there will be two fantasy fellowship places up for grabs anyway as it stands and Plus, i've got a feeling it's, that it's a bit more information for those who uh, are coming already to yes you know, yeah continue pe- to do pe- so people need reminding people need reminding and it is confusing because the tickets for the weekend with a with a big asterisk by it are, are 40 pounds um and that's what will a uh, new person will have to pay if they um if they buy you buy the ticket for that gives you the everything for the whole weekend apart from the food in the evening but um originally people paid 20 pounds per doubles team um so if you're already you paid for your doubles team you get a bit of a discount of it so existing p ticket holders essentially get the weekend for 30 pounds um and i'm not going to read the the scenarios out because that's a bit of a head scratcher for people it was just a, a, a bit of a thank you for for the for the people that have been so generous and uh um being patient during the pandemic are not all screaming for their money back because um in the short term that would have put me out of pocket because i spent all the money or I've got all the trophies I've got at least for the doubles anyway I've got all of the stuff for the doubles or all the prizes there was a whole box of Freddos that was was going out out of date if uh, myself and my children didn't didn't fix that problem um (laughs) we uh we didn't give them away we let's just say we uh we had them um but um it's you know that money's all all gone um and i'll get that money back if i cancel the event and, and sold new tickets absolutely because i wouldn't have to buy the things the second time around but i appreciate all the people that who didn't just demand money back and were patient throughout the pandemic when we couldn't run the event um so that's why i've made it a bit of a discount for them but anyway, anyone that's completely new to buy ends up buying a whole weekend ticket would be 40 pounds for it um for existing players i refer you to the uh the one page flyer that's um in the in the flotsam and jetsam group um from probably a year ago now it still stands um and that that teaser you know that that, that will be put out again along with the rules pack over the over the coming weeks anyway okay um that is a lot of stew just talking um but uh, that's what i've done dan tell us some interesting stuff what have you been doing because you've actually been doing proper hobby well, I've done some. Um, 
work has been carnage. That's actually it did cut down on the amount of stuff that I could do and somewhat uh, reflected my choices I made for going to scouring or what I did originally plan on doing my um, Azor's Legion for that. But I could see which way the wind was blowing on that one, so I decided to to do my Mordor uh, and paint a few extra bits and pieces, which even in hindsight now was probably a little bit silly because things just have been really busy. I have done some painting though, and I did get a little bit distracted by a few other things, so the Mordor, some of it is my own fault for putting myself under pressure. Um, <laughs> I painted a couple of heroes here and there. I painted um, the Gandalf from the White Council set. But uh, with added hat, it's the hat from the, um, basically it was the MTO one that came with Rain the Broken. Yes. I can't remember how it was originally sold, but it was the sort of Gandalf the Grey one, where he's um, sort of skulking with his you know, half-drawing glamdring, and he, he comes with a removable hat. Well, um, so I put the hat on the uh, White Council one. Uh, he's painted up. I've not based him yet, because I've not quite decided exactly how I'm going to do my... Um, Forge Rothorin's company basing. Right. So he'll yeah, yeah. be done to match that. Uh, painted Rosie Cotton, which was uh, very graciously sent uh, by uh, Damien. Love that so, model. Uh, really, really love that model. Tiny, tiny model. Yeah, really good yeah, I love painting hobbits, I think. Um, I don't fancy playing a hobbit army, but I'd probably be very happy just painting hobbits, which is quite weird. You can, get, actually, you can um, get a nice job done in a few hours because they're so small, even though they're... they're they're obviously really challenging, especially things like the eyes, which uh, which um, you you've managed amazingly on her. But I always there's just something really enjoyable about painting a, a hobbit. Yeah, they they do have the sort of a charm to themselves on that one. Speaking of hobbit armies, though, I did see one being played at the weekend, and it was rather wonderfully dismantling a Rivendell army, <laughs> which I found <laughs> frankly amazing. Um, Really impressive. I can't remember the two chaps who were playing, um, but there was on the table next to me uh, for, I believe, game two, but it was quite funny to watch. Um, yeah, I've painted Rosie. Um, I decided I'd paint Radagast on Great Eagle. So Radagast, um, this is my third Radagast, so not particularly too much of a problem. I kind of got him down pat. However, I decided to be clever and um, individually highlight every feather on the eagle. <laughs> By hand, no dry brushing, none of that. Bit of airbrushing down to work out some tone transitions and then work the entire rest of it up by uh, using blending and highlighting. It looks okay. It looks uh, great. I'm it pretty happy really with good. it. But, yeah, I could but not have done that. Somewhat soul destroying, and the idea that I may have to do at least another three eagles to do a 750 point Radagast Alliance army makes me a little sad inside so that, there will be possibly one every six months yeah that's that's the thing isn't it it's i could imagine when i said i'd never do it that way that's that's not true but i'd probably there's two there's two ways i two reasons i would do it as i'm butting in on your thing but i think it's quite interesting there's there's only two ways that i'd individually highlight each feather one if a client asked me to do it that way and was happy to pay the amount of hours that it was going to take to do, you know, that then yes, of course that's fine because I'm being paid for the paid for the work. And the one, you know, the the gua here that I I um, painted was was you know done to a a good tabletop, very good tabletop standard. You know, it's a kind of sent army centerpiece standard, but it wasn't display competition standard if that makes sense. Um, and the amount of money that the client paid for it, and I wouldn't divulge you know divulge that, but wouldn't pay for me to do that if that makes sense uh, so i had to look at other methods and, and that's why the 
posh dry brushing and um, glazing to make it not look like dry brushing worked really well, really well. And I think if I was doing it for myself, for a playable army, I'd probably have to do the same way. But if I was entering it into a painting competition, so I wanted to go Golden Demon or something, I'd definitely do what you did. Um, and that's where we differ, I suppose, is that I just couldn't bring myself to do what you did for a game in army. But, you know, props to you for doing it. It looks fantastic. Oh, cheers. I'm, I'm happy with it now it's done, but it was somewhat soul-destroying and chewed up an awful lot of time that I probably should have been painting Mordor. Yeah, we've so, had fun. That's the main thing. Yeah, I needed to do something. Um, yeah. Um, I then had to paint a few bits for scouring. I needed... Oh, well, I don't say I needed, but I felt my army would be better rounded out by some wild riders. And to be fair, I've wanted to do some anyway. Um, so I painted three warg riders and then three wargs with no riders for you know when they if you manage to pass the courage etc yeah um and i was hunting high and low for ages to try and get hold of one of the nine resin um sort of the gw nazgul rather than the, the dolgodur ones the actual the, the, the ring wraiths the black riders on foot yeah um and uh carl very graciously managed to through negotiation with a friend i believe managed to um obtain me one the exact one i wanted no less and sorted me out for that so i got them painted up in time i think i finished those and got them on bases perhaps the wednesday night and i went to okay stockport on the friday morning so i didn't do it as badly as i feared but still a lot closer <laughs> than i normally like to have it yeah i normally like to be finished a number of weeks ahead oh god so, i um, don't think i'll ever i'll ever I've ever been weeks ahead for something like that. In fact, I watched lots of Damien's videos this week while I was working and his preparation for the for the GT. And um, and I think one of my comments was something along the lines of, you know, I love the way he managed to achieve everything by working into the the early hours up into the week beforehand and somehow just scraping through. And that pretty much is me for life. Whereas, yeah, planning far ahead, that sounds much more like you. <laughs> well, normally, um, I mean, this is more of a heresy thing, but I used to plan out for a 3,000-point list, I'd say about three months to paint, and yeah. I'd usually finish on sort of 10 weeks, 9 to 10 weeks, so I'd usually have a fortnight yeah. spare. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so we shall see for the future. I've already, I've, I've already um, booked my hotel for scouring next year, uh, March of next year. Uh, so, and I have uh, some rough ideas for an army and display ball for that next year, and I'm going to start that much earlier. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I'm just not in a place where I can plan that far ahead yet. A couple of years' time, I think, when the kid, when my youngest is proper school age, um, things will start getting a little bit easier to do that. But um, at the moment, I'm just not worried about it. Unfortunately, I've got it, I've got it tagged as uh, to keep an eye on it, but. Um, yeah, it's too far out for me at the moment. Um, uh, but as much as I'd you know, love to go, we'll hear more about that later. But yeah, it's uh, I try not to worry about events too much at the moment and not going to them. Lots of lots of envy, and, and that's uh, it will come back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, that's about it, really. I mean, as much as I downplay that, actually, it is still an achievement, and it's more than some people would, you know, dream of achieving because they've got far more going on in their lives than I do because I don't really do a huge amount but uh, at the moment it seems to be our work I'm usually working between sort of 11 and 12 hours a day it seems at the moment yeah so, well, to, uh, to maintain your um, you need to be not too tired to paint sometimes don't you 
Yeah, and I just crash out a lot as well. And I'm again still on the weight loss. So uh, between sort of the exercise and the work, and it chews up time, and then just leaves me knackered. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm listening to a lot of audio books and reading and stuff like that. I'm trying to keep sort of my eye in, um, mostly through the sort of the B-Sime chat group. Yeah. Generally abusing Nathan more than anything else. <laughs> You know, which is a hobby in itself, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> you, you could make it a hobby, absolutely. Yeah, bless him. He's a good lad, really. But and I can't be too mean to him because he's got chronic FOMO over last weekend. So, you know, <laughs> I, I will share that with him. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about it. And uh, I suppose that's a pretty good segue into uh, discussing scouring of uh, Cheshire and uh, attending middle of events. So, uh, let's go to break. The hour grows late, and bland of grey plastic comes seeking my counsel. You are sure of this, bland elf? Yes, the event is fully painted. It was in the event pack, under my nose the whole time. Yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, bland elf. The commission painter, we must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours. Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint. And here we are for the Council of Elrond, and uh, we can talk in all about the scouring of Cheshire. Um, and I didn't go, so it's going to be listening to Dan talk all about his experiences and things. So, Dan, tell us about it. I don't, I don't know what your plans for and what order you're going to do it. So just um, chat away. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing all about th- it. Yeah. So um, basically, a little bit about uh, the host. So I think that's the most important bit to, to, to talk about. Um, a guy called Steve Crow. Never uh, heard of him. To most people, <laughs> <laughs> to most people involved in uh, the uh, Middle Earth community, particularly in the UK, but members of the GBHL um, and anyone who's been on YouTube ever will know Mr. Crow. Um, he is one half of Battle Streams in Middle Earth. He uh, is the larger part of uh, Top Over Gaming, although he's been joined by Matt, um, who is a lovely chap. I also met at the weekend. Um, he's uh, sort of he, he's, he's a mank but we can let him off for that <laughs> and uh, he's a, a, a genuinely lovely bloke so he runs a series of events out of Incon Gaming not Incon Gaming <laughs> Element Gaming Element at uh, Stockport and uh, basically he, I think he's got two three events on this year he's already won uh, run the one we've just been to this weekend gone. He's got another one planned for December, and then he's talking about doing something 40k as part of his top table gaming uh, a little bit later on this year as well. And he's already planned in, as I've mentioned, for next March, nice. which I'll be attending. So he uh, runs the Scouring of Cheshire, uh, which is sort of his game series, not to be confused with the um, Scouring of... Is it Sterling? Yeah. The other Scouring? Yes. yes not to be confused. So. They're not... They're not affiliated. They're just uh, just friendly to distance across the border. Um, so it's an eight hundred point tournament. Uh, it's uh, it's a competitive tournament, but it's not GBHL. It's not intended, in Steve's own words, to encourage the sort of the top gamers who are coming purely for winning's sake. Yeah, it is uh, to encourage people to come and play in the spirit of the game, play you know a little more casually, um, 
there are first, second, and third prizes, but to be fair, as nice as the trophies are, they are just trophies. Whereas if you really want something cool, like uh, they had Orchrist there this year, like the a full size replica of Orchrist, that was sportsmanship. Right. So all the cool prizes are for the yeah, like more what what would be considered soft scores yeah. anywhere else. So painting, um, sportsmanship, theme, that kind of stuff. I like that approach. And it was actually a really wonderful prize pool. We also does a big raffle, um, which again, amazing prizes in there. Um, so it's six games over two days. Um, he does live streaming of the top table or or one of the top tables from his studio where he also does top table gaming. Um, and yeah, generally it's just a really nice event. Uh, there was originally 120 places. I think due to COVID dropout, it was 116 in total in the end. And uh, I will let people know where I came in that at the end because some people care about such things. <laughs> and generally um, it's just an excuse for like-minded people to get together and throw some dice and have a bit of a laugh. And uh, yeah, it was a really, really good weekend. So it's a big, uh, it's a big event as well, isn't it? There's, there, there uh, yeah, on the calendar, I'd say, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, most middle earth events seem to be sort of 20 to 30, maybe 40 people. Yeah. So hosting at sort of, you know, triple that volume is... Pretty yeah, impressive. it's huge. I mean, I and, I'm trying to think what Throne's been. I mean, last year was obviously restricted, wasn't it? So it was about sixty, I think, last for Throne. Yeah, right? that was deliberately restricted as well, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. It? Um, so was it? Even, that was forty. I Could remember. have been. Yeah, I can't. Um, I honestly I'm can't trying remember. Trying to think what it was when I went last, which was pre-pandemic. That might didn't that might have been around the eighty mark, maybe. Uh, I don't know if that was you know after a few dropouts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but. Um, yeah, you know, you're selling enough tickets to get over 100 is, is huge. It's probably only Ardacon that would be bigger than that in terms of total attendees. Yeah. And it's sold out quick as well, oh, yeah, really absolutely. fast. And um, I think he got through a chunk of his reserve pool as well. So, yeah, he, it, it's, a, it's a popular series of events. I know he's, I don't know how many years, if I'm honest, he might, he might be... Screaming undoubtedly at his uh, van stereo at the moment, saying it's going to be this many years. But uh, I honestly don't know. But it, it was very slick. Yeah. Um. He was ably assisted by uh by by Matt and um, Sam Page also was there to help. Yeah. But pretty much all weekend. First time I met Sam. Lovely individual. Uh. Really nice guy. Um. Incredibly, incredibly uh amusing and uh <laughs> really good support during uh some trying times during some of my gaming, which we'll come to you later. Um. So yeah, obviously, I booked on whenever it was. I can't remember when he sold them. October, maybe. I've, I, yeah, I can't. It was remember. before Christmas. Um, I honestly can't remember. But yeah, I, I mean, I can't say I've known Steve forever, but I've got to know him a little better through battle streams and chatting to him, you know, a little bit online, and then meeting him a couple of times um, at Warhammer World and for the the B side meetup. I saw. I, so I, I trusted him. I thought if I'm going to go to my first proper middle earth event i don't i don't consider the the b-side meetup which was just really a social i don't consider that an event not really not in the same way no offense to uh the immense amounts of effort they've gone into that and they are wonderful it's it's not a tournament it's not an event it's it's a, a social for for the b-side group so yes, yeah it was my first proper event so there is a certain nervousness involved in anything like that especially given that technically i've been part of the community for what two years now and it's my first event because of COVID. <laughs> it came along at, uh, well, it, it didn't come at the right time for anyone, but in terms of just as when you, you probably would have ended up doing 
two or three events, probably starting with a small one or something, I imagine as well, mm. would have been the normal the normal route. Um, yeah, it's sort of you've ended up kind of growing into the community and getting known within the community and getting to know the community via the, the, via the internet, which is the way that the, the gaming and, and, and socialising has been done so much during the pandemic. So, yeah, it's been an odd, odd route in for you. Yeah, and, and that's been commented on uh, by by a few people, uh, particularly the event. They're saying, oh, you know, I can't believe, you know, it's your first event or, you know, you've been around for so long. I'm like, well, not really. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was a bit a bit weird. So I thought, you know, I trust Steve. I'll, uh, he, he, we, we were on a similar wavelength on a lot of things. I, I think I, I dig the way he approaches his hobby. So I made up my first and I'm really glad it was. It was a really, really good uh, introduction into... Uh, what um events are for middle earth i know that everyone calls them tournaments you're never going to get me to say it not really <laughs> because i don't it's not my thing um i went firmly with going along for the social and playing some games in mind yeah there's a part of me that shies away from that word but that's just my funny take on what my hobby uh, is to me and that's to I, each their own I, I think part of it might have been just been it's been reinforced what, what by the heresy community whereas there were genuinely more pretty much for what only narrative events where no places people just played games didn't they um and yeah and part, a large of- part of that scene so some of that you know you calling that and thinking that way is actually because that's the way you want to play and another part is that you just because it's so ingrained into um to, to, to yeah. running and being part of a scene where th- that was the only option um so you kind of move away from the word to to the word you know event organizing rather than tournament organizing but essentially then you if you do what you do in your mindset you go to just enjoy the games and end up down the lower end of the ranking so to speak um chances well, we'll are come to will, that. chances are it will be um no, i'm not not saying you did but if you uh if you're not going there oh. to to come to, to try and compete and come sort of top 10 at a big event like that generally the people you come up against with are going to be like that it was like that when i went to throne of skulls for example it was a tournament so to speak but a very relaxed one and it didn't really feel any different than um in terms of atmosphere than any of the the events in terms of heresy that i went to in terms of the people just playing to to play the game and yes they were trying to win that particular game on the table but that, that was it really yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I used to play 40k tournaments and a bit of fancy tournaments back in the day. And yeah, I'd, I'd agree that I've been so long in a in a an environment where there aren't any prizes for placing. In fact, I, I have a very fond memory of the um, look of abject horror on a, a gamer's face when they scored the most VPs for an event I ran, and I gave them literally a block of Stilton cheese, and that's all <laughs> they got. And all the cool prizes went to everyone else. So you know, it, it, that's 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 my kind of hobby. In fairness, I you know I'm, I'm more for the social. So, but anyway, it was a tournament. There was a ranking system. Uh, we used the Longshanks um, software. Uh, not really software. It's more like a sort of just basically a web application, really. Yeah. Sort of you you create an account and you register for the event and you declare your you know your allegiance up you know Mordor and. Um, then you put your list on there. Yeah. And then that's used by the organizers to do your pairings, announce your matchups, tell what table number you're on. It's, re- it's really clever, really easy to use. I, I thoroughly recommend it. Really good bit of kit. And I, and I know that it really, really helped um, Steve and Co over the weekend. So, you know, I think it's a win win for all concerned. 
And there seems to be a bit of a, a thing about people wanting to know what lists people take to events. It mystifies me. I actually put a, a, a question in the B-Sign chat about that one the other day going, why do people want to know what everyone else is taking for their army list? I had some explanations. Yeah. None of them still make sense to me. <laughs> but um, to each their own, of course. So for, for that benefit as well, um, they all, they, it means that if you link the event page uh, from the Longshank system, with the lists, if people choose to attach them, are freely available for everyone to peruse. So that's another really good thing, sort of another feather in its cap. So the question that everyone's asked, you know, is, is asking right now um, is, Dan, what, what list did you take? <laughs> Oh, of course, dude. Um, well, um, there'll be people who are going to shake their heads at this list, probably. Um, I, for one, I took Mordor. I took Gothmog, but I did not take Gothmog's Legion. Right. So most people are going, why? Because it's really good, and most of my army would have fit it anyway. In fact, I think my entire army would have fit into the Legion rules, uh-huh. but I chose not to take it because I wanted to take a Wraith on foot. And the period of Gothmog's Legion is supposed to represent their uh, retaking of Osgiliath and then the march across the Pelennor. Yeah, fair enough. Wraiths had wings. He did. He did. Wraiths on wings. So if unless I was taking a wraith on a, on a, a wing nightmare. Yeah. On, on the order. No, it's just maybe, so I didn't want to take it. It was not. Maybe just appropriate. <laughs> well, yeah, possibly it might be tied up around the back, but um, no, you know, maybe it's you know. It's been clamped, but no, <laughs> I, didn't I didn't say want to you take it illegally, did I? It could have been. Well, to be fair, they're not even supposed to be in Gondor, are they? So it's definitely parked illegally. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I didn't want to take the Legion. I wanted to run it more according to the theme I'd set out in my head. So yeah, I had Gothmog on his wag, no shield, because the model I've got doesn't have a shield, and he doesn't come with a shield. And I never saw him use a shield, so no shield. Um, then 11 Rannan Orcs, uh, 5 Shield, 5 Spear Shield and 1 Banner, and then 3 Warg Riders with bows and throwing spears. Uh-huh. And then I took uh, Goroth with uh, 6 Rannan Orcs, 3 Shield, 3 Spear Shield. Guritz, 6 Rannan Orcs, 3 sp- Shield, 3 Spear Shield. Uh, a, a Tesco Valley Wraith. No added extras, literally uh-huh. no extra wheel, no white, no fate, no toys whatsoever on foot. Um, seven orcs, three shield, three spear, one double-handed weapon, and then a catapult. Right, nice. And that was my 800 points. Nice. So, um, oh, I took uh, seven heads on the catapult. I gave it that option as well, although I didn't use them literally all weekend. <laughs> Did you forget? There were no prisoners, oh, so okay. I couldn't send them back. <laughs> I didn't play Gondor army. I didn't want to. I didn't want to start firing things if I didn't have Gondor heads to throw. Fair enough. Didn't fair seem enough. fair. Um, I don't. So um, that was that was the list I took, um, and I obviously needed to paint the uh, the Warg Riders and the Wraith in, in time for that, um, which was done. So I uh, packed my case. Um, I decided to get the train to Stockport, um, which. Initially, I did question why, but now with the the way that the price in fuel went up, <laughs> I, was say, I actually because... ended up quids in. <laughs> is that anything to do with by a lot? Actually, in your tank. Yeah, um, because it's uh, the size of the, the tank and um, <laughs> it's a diesel. Um, it would have been 100, it's 120 pound a tank at the moment for my car, God. and it cost me 65 quid on the train. Laughing. Yeah. So yeah. um, that's quite yeah, it's quite cheap on the train to be honest. With you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it was one of those um, 
split, like ticket split ones, like split fares as they call it, and yeah. it was advanced. And I, I got some of them where you, you had to get that specific train, and yeah, it carved it down. It should have been about hundred pound otherwise, but yeah, I, I left bad. myself plenty of time. I booked time off work because I went on the Friday, came back on the Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice on peak. the train as well, especially if you're on your own, you just get your headphones on and stuff. I quite like it. As long as the train yeah, is so busy that you have to stand. Uh, yeah, I got, I got the well, not not every time I came to Blooming Cheltenham. Uh, oh God! Yeah. Bloody always have to stand on the way to Cheltenham. But um, although to be fair, my feet were ruined by the end of the weekend. <laughs> too much time standing up. Events go because I do them so rarely as well. They absolutely kill me. Um, well. The old retail staff in me would laugh at me. Well, now. yeah, that's the thing. I used to do, well, I used to, I spent most of my, until I did my commission painting, sitting on my ass. I spent well, the prior time to that on my feet for all of my work as well. So it's, it would be nothing. But yeah, I think it just, it catches up on you when you get a bit older and you get used to sitting on your butt all the time. And then suddenly you spend a weekend standing up and then bending over tables. Um, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, it was, it was a, um, yeah, that, that that was a shock to the system. Um, particularly as as we'll, we'll go into, I actually played more than just six games over the course of the weekend. So yeah, I packed all my stuff up, uh, jumped on the train, um, did a bit of reading on the way there, um, turned up in Stockport. Um, Stockport Station to Element, this is you know possibly another bit of consumer advice. Um, it's a mile to where Element is, um, Harm Street, and then the, the Premier Inn's directly across, uh, Stockport South. Nice. So if you're looking to go and stay um, at the closest place for Element, that's what you need to be searching for, Premier Inn South, Stockport. Um, so yeah, it's about a mile. Um, it was about four quid in a taxi because I had all my case and everything and it was a bit warmer. I didn't really want to be all sweaty. Um, so yeah, turned up at the event. Um, obviously, uh, there wasn't really anyone there yet because it was only about, I don't know, about 11 o'clock on the um, the Friday morning. Yeah, yeah. So I helped Steve uh, set up... Um, then uh, obviously he's been working on his really awesome uh, M1 Hemboard, and he had asked me to take my um, my Uruk Scouts with me, so I did, and yeah, we yeah. recorded a game for the channel. So um, I don't know when he's going to have that edited. For chances are this is going to be out before he'll have that done. So do look out for that on the uh, Top Table Gaming um, YouTube channel. He's got his fellowship, and we played the um, full ambush M1 Hen scenario. Nice on his really, side. really, really pretty board. It's a beautiful board. Yes, it is. I've seen seen it a lot. We'll talk about boards in a bit, actually, but I don't want to put you off your um, off your stride. But yeah, yeah. So we so we, so we played that um, after we got everything sort of set up. Um, recorded all that. Matt helped because um, he turned up at some point after we just started sort of putting some bits and pieces together. Yeah. Um, his studio setup's actually really cool. Steve's got loads of stuff in there. It is cool in there. Um, so then he, uh, sort of, you know, uh, I think we were done maybe six o'clock. So people started to turn up. So when did his, uh, you know, compare without compare, um, you know, schmoozing. <laughs> yeah. And I had been roped in with, uh, Mr. Thomas Macklin to do the live stream on the Friday night with our armies that we were going to use for scouring. Uh, he had uh, Return of the King, Legendary Legion. So anyone who did actually tune in on that Friday night would have seen me do that. And I have no idea how the game went the way it did. Um, so I didn't know about this. I'm just I don't don't 
get to watch live streams on uh, on weekend nights and stuff these days. And I had no idea. You didn't tell me, so uh, I've not even gone back and checked the uh, the replay. So I'm guessing that's gonna I'm guessing that's gonna be on the channel. So I will uh, I will do that. Tomorrow. It, it is indeed on the channel. I, w- I won't spoil it for you, but uh, <laughs> I won't spoil it for anyone else. I will discuss the other games because um, they're not recorded, and obviously I won't discuss. Um, the uh, the Amonhen game that we played, but mm-hmm. uh, that will come soon. That'll be a full battle report. That'll be with all the graphics and all that kind oh, of stuff amazing. as well. So that'll be really pretty. Um, and then obviously there was the live stream, which was actually really cool because by that time, um, obviously Sam Page had turned up and Larry was in the room and people joining in from home, uh, giving us various degrees of abuse slash help, um, which was really it was a really 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 good. Um, Did Larry sort of sit time. opposite you for for dinner? Because I saw, was there a picture with all of you at dinner the night that before? Was a, that was for curry. That, for curry. So after we finished streaming, uh, we ended up going out for curry at about 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Was uh, it Larry that sat opposite you? Because I've not met yes. Larry, but I've seen it. I'm sure I've seen it. But it's just the size difference between the two of you was quite staggering in that picture. It just made me think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a shame we didn't get a picture. Of, um, the thing is, he's often um, with Tom Macklin and Tom's... Have you met Tom? No, no, no. Only seen, he's, only seen him on he's, YouTube. I think he's about the same height as I am. Right, okay. So yeah, those two together is always quite funny. <laughs> Sorry, Larry, if you are listening to this. I'm not no, no, no. I'm not trying to make out of his size at all, but I just, it kind of just stood out in the picture and I thought, that's Larry, isn't it? And uh, yeah, it was like... Uh, yeah, so we ended up going to this sort of thing. So that's cool. Anyway, we went to um, yeah, we went to we went to Mr. Alley's, and no one's to take that as any kind of slur. That's literally the <laughs> that's what it's called, the uh, the curry house, and it was really really good as well. Um, I'll have to say it for the Northerners; they they do have better curry than we do. And unless you live in London, the the Northerners do have better curry than we do. So that was really enjoyable. In before, but uh, yeah, they're not brilliant right now. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, that was that was really good fun. Really good uh, sort of Friday, really casual way of getting involved. So back to the hotel. Um, got up on the Saturday morning. Uh, popped to the Hallam Street Kitchen, which is just sort of on the on the same street as the venue. Um, it's like a little um, a sort of. It's not quite a hole in the wall, but it's um, sort of that kind of thing. They do um, lots of sort of street foods. So um, for breakfast, they'll do like a breakfast naan so it'll be like bacon and sausage and egg in a in a in lucky in an arm bread like a wrap yeah 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 so i uh, went and got that and some coffee and then uh ducked into the venue um shared me breakfast with steve because he he looked famished bless him and um then we began gaming so um i did take some notes which is remarkably forward thinking of me so what i'll do is i'll uh i'll go through the games and you know bore people to death with that so, but the people I played might want to listen out for it. So, uh, my first game actually uh, against Luke Johnston. He was one of the uh, Battle Streams guys. So, I've met him before. Absolutely sterling chap. Really, really, really lovely guy. Um, and uh, it's the first opportunity I've obviously had to play him. So, he had his Merkwood Ranger army, uh-huh. which um, I didn't note down the exact compositions of people's armies. So, people are going to have to forgive me for that. But he had uh, Legolas, uh, Tariel, two uh, Merkwood captains, and then. A load of Merkwood Rangers. Right, yeah. Written, uh, it was all painted in a really nice sort of autumnal scheme. Lots of sort of, um, sort of fiery oranges and, and sort of quite um, sort of reddy, earthy uh, browns kind of thing. So really, really nice army. Um, I was a little bit like, ooh, 
because you know a few people have wondered if it's going to be you know quite as oppressive as the uh, Rangers of Athelion could be with all the shooting. <laughs> um, turns out not. They're actually far far scarier in combat, as it turns out. <laughs> Um, because of the knife rules, they'll get additional attacks for multiple models uh, in base combat, and they can shield with daggers, which is pretty cool. Like, which yeah. with Flight 5 is pretty awesome. So we played Assassination. Yep. Where, obviously, for the, for those who don't know, you have to... One of your uh, secret models has to um, kill one of their secret models, uh, not with magic, um, and uh, vice versa. So you uh, sort of you you write it down, keep it keep it secret, keep it safe. So I picked one of his uh, Mercury captains with uh, one with the knife because that's how he picked it. It was the pose um, with Goroth, uh, and then it's the um, if you get down to break point, then you roll every turn on a one or two. The game ends rather than twenty five and out. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we had some sort of it was really 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 good. Um, the you know the the catapult was okay. It actually did manage to um, score a wound on the um, assassination target with splash damage. So that actually got me some points. Um, one notable point from the game was um, I'd actually managed to break Go- uh, Gothmog through his line and smash him into Legolas, then cause him to burn all Legacy's might to beat Go- uh, Gothmog in a fight. God. Um, didn't hurt Gothmog, and then he ran away. Subsequently, I charged a Wild Rider into one of his rangers. He decided to throw Legolas in, spooned his roll, had no might to pull it up. The Wild Rider won the fight, knocked them both down, and I chucked all the dice at Legolas, <laughs> who then proceeded to fail all his fates and die. Oh, oh. So he threw him into a fight he didn't need to pick, having got squashed by a lowly Wild Rider. So that was, uh, that was brutally bad luck on, on, on Luke's part, yeah. but he was an absolute gent. Lovely guy, um, and it ended up with a seven-one win to me, which is not a bad start, and quite surprising because I fully expected to come home with six losses. <laughs> so um, then we broke for lunch um, for, before game two. Um, so the second person I played was uh, Lucy Palmer, and she had Rivendell. So it was twenty cavalry. Uh, it was uh, Gilgalad on horse, Elrond on horse, and then a bunch of Rivendell knights. Oh, and we yeah. were playing capture and control, so my heart sank a little bit. Thought that could go quite badly. And again, it's uh, one of those where you break and then it's uh, on a one or a two, the game is over. Yeah. And there's five objectives, each one's worth uh, two VP. And then there's the um, a wounding the enemy hero, etc. cetera, uh, for, for additional. Uh, I thought I was going to be toast. And it turns out not. The catapult decided to shine, and in the first shot of the game, it killed six Rivendell knights, a dismounted Elrond, and a further knight. <laughs> um, and then the next turn proceeded to do pretty much the same amount of damage uh, across on the Gilgalad side of the board. Gothmog jumped out of his line after a move on to three objectives, beat up two knights, and then Lucy rolled a one. Game oh. over. So I won seven two on that one because I sat on three objectives and I'd um, I can't remember what the other one was for. I th- yeah, because I broke her without being broken myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So and uh, she was sat on one objective, so it was seven two to me. So I, I still don't understand how that happened. <laughs> but uh, the catapult was really shining on that one. So despite being, to be honest, I was horrified. Um, Lucy's rolling was absolutely appalling. Um, <laughs> 
unbelievably appalling. And uh, yeah, I think the game ended game, game turn three. I just felt absolutely wretched about that. But uh, karma will out, and because I was right up at the top end of the boards uh, by that point, I ended up playing um, a guy called Tom Parkin, who it's fair to say knows the game a lot better than I do. So nice. I won't go too much into this game. It it wasn't, and I'm being diplomatic as much as I can be, it's not my type of gaming. I do not enjoy being on the top tables where there's a lot of measuring going on. There's an awful lot of um, thinking and um and ring. It's an awful lot of high-pressure game. Not for me. I'm there for a laugh. Needless to say, I got absolutely spanked. Um <laughs> For a 12 0 loss, and bless him, Sam Page did an awful lot to sort of come by the table and generally try and cheer me up, which was lovely. Um, we played Divide and Conquer, which is the three objectives using the split deployment, which um, was somewhat awkward actually with the table positioning, trying to run around them all because we we're playing in long lines. So, if I were to make any kind of recommendation for future, it would be probably not to play if we were sticking to that don't play maelstrom yeah yeah makes sense it's very awkward when you know you you're trying to squeeze through people and stuff and it, it can't particularly with covid still being a thing but you know it's fine uh so yeah i got beaten 12 nil, but that's great because i got to go down back down to the fun end of the tables for for day two so at the uh the end of that um Stu from nice tabletop had turned up so we had a couple of beers and um got to hang out uh, we sort of with uh, some of the Bass Streams guys, uh, Carl and Sean. We did the quiz. Uh, we did quite well. We didn't win. Um, I do believe it was uh, Sam's wife, actually, who did incredibly well. Uh, there were some accusations of cheating, but I think that was just ranked jealousy. So uh, they they won that. And uh, it wasn't particularly too much of a late one, to be honest. There's sort of a bit of drinking going on in general. But then uh, retired back to the hotel. So day one, really, really good. So I bagged uh, two wins to uh, one loss. Can't argue with that. And I was starting uh, what day two with uh, game four uh, in a slightly more sort of you know comfortable uh, area of the uh, the pack in the, somewhere in the middle, which seemed quite nice. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. yeah, day two. Unfortunately, the Hallam Street Kitchen weren't open, uh, so I just had a coffee uh, in the morning. And uh, game began game four with uh, another battle streamer, uh, Callum Rutter. Um, mm-hmm. And this was my second Mordor game. Uh, yes, I forgot to mention um, Tom Parkin was playing Mordor. So right, yep. uh, he knew um, the, uh, the the army a lot better than I did. Yeah, so, that's, almost, um, that's Cal- almost like a, a double whammy, isn't it? When you're, yeah, you're facing someone that knows the game very well and, and is quite competitively minded, which is fair enough in a tournament, I suppose. But if they also know you, the army that you're playing very, very well and better than you, that can hurt a bit more. But anyway. Yeah, yeah and a lot of his army was quite a hard counter to mine because he had a lot of um, Black Numenorians. Right, yeah, yeah. Which with my courage levels is not good. And he outnumbered me, so he had the bonus. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it made life a bit harder for me. But moving on, play Callum with Mordor again, and we're playing Contest of Champions. Mm-hmm. So um, this one was an interesting one. Once again, the catapult did some did some business. Uh, he ran uh, the Witch King on horse alongside Gothmog, and um, he had Goroth as well. Um, and I forget his name. Uh, Card- is it Kardash, Firecaller? Yep. 
Yep, yep. Yeah, he had him. So really fun game. Really, I mean, Cam was just a lovely guy anyway. Um, I managed to score five kills with Goth Mog, but because I managed to knock the Witch King off his horse and generally make him hide, I was able to knock up a, a bunch of kills and then I just Leroy Jenkins my army into him as much as possible <laughs> um, until he um, killed enough stuff that I couraged out and broke. Right, yeah. Because I moved as much as possible within 12 inches of his Witch King, I was literally needing, you know... 11s sorry no, 9s sorry apologies um, to pass my courage because like orcs become courage 1 effectively within 12 inches of him yeah that makes sense and he outnumbered me so I didn't get any of the bonuses so I was deliberately making my stuff pop and then I, I broke uh, 25% did out and at that point I'd scored 5 times the amount with uh, goth mog and uh, won the game so uh, it was an 8-1 victory on that one which was slightly worrying because that means I was edging back further up the table again <laughs> um we did the armies on parade over the lunch there were some beautiful 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 armies there um uh dan stewart had his um he's from drawn combat he had his easterlings there they were very pretty he had a really really beautiful display board um then you've got uh sort of there were a bunch of other people there who um, had some really, really pretty stuff. I mean, Reese's Easterlings were by far, in my opinion, the best painted stuff there by by the longest shot. I've, yeah, I've not met him, but I've seen a lot of the stuff that he's done. First time I met him, and really he's, lovely um, chap. He wins a lot of stuff, and um, he's from, deservedly so. Yeah, very pretty. And I don't, you know, I don't go to a lot of events, but my my perception based on what I've seen of his work. And where he places is the, he's right up there with one of the, the best um, painters in the community in the UK sort of thing. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me saying that at all. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd say, I mean, there's nothing like Dan's are stunning. Uh, I'd say, obviously, the game, his theme and his table, his display board, made his knockout. But um, there's something about Reese's that were just beautifully painted yeah and i sort of picked a couple others out from wandering around i mean the the overall display quality there was fantastic you know really really nice but um sort of some other names i wanted to pick out um so uh dave sweeting he took his um moria yeah purple uh themed really really lovely as well tom harrison um sort of the the other half of uh the palantir (laughs) from damien most people don't know who he is. His pits, pits of Dog or Dur were really, really pretty as well. Really nice army. Um, uh, ben Taylor's army, he had a basically a, like a, I wouldn't say blue, but sort of almost like a teal um, uh, canned chariot army, which right. was, looked cool as hell as, a, you know, as, a, as a, an overall theme. Really, really cool. Um, see, I, my own handwriting, I, I want to say Matthew Tillock had um, Army of the Dead and his display board, he'd sort of got a little um, smoke generator and he'd, the way he painted the uh, Army of the Dead with sort of this muted green tone made the whole thing look like that scene from the movie. That was a very cool little display item. Yeah. And then uh, Battlestream's own Julian Hammond um, had his um, Rohan that he'd done a display board with and um, the sort of fleeing orcs, so they were just charging across the Pelennor. It was really striking, really pretty. But uh, it was, to be honest, I don't mind admitting it. Reese got my vote. Well deserved as well. But uh, at the end, um, Dan actually walked away with that, which was Uh more than fair. And that was voted, that was peer voted. So it was very cool. 
So um, game five, one and two, I played uh, Thomas Adams, um, who actually turns out uh, lives about 20 miles away from me. He lives in March, just outside Peterborough. Ah, uh, okay. So he, um, we're going to play some games in the future, which is really cool. Makes sense. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, he was playing Erebor Reclaimed. Um, so uh, he had uh, Dane, as in young Dane, with uh, Thorin, King Under the Mountain, um, and uh, Balin, Champion of Erebor. Um, with a load of Iron Hills Orcs, Iron Hills Orcs, Iron Hills Dwarves, um, against obviously my Mordor for Seize the Prize. I, my dice were appalling, absolutely appalling, and he, he smashed me 12 0. Oh, a- anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong on that one. Uh, you know, I mean, th- there's no disputing, he's a really good player, and considering he only started in October. He plays quite religiously with his mate who lives around the corner. He is a good player, especially given the time amount of time he's been playing, but my dice were just shocking. So as I went into game six, um, I was quite a bit further down the pack, but that's fine by me. That's where I tend to prefer to be. And I got to play the lovely Michael Haskell, who some might remember won my um, Lothlorien yes, army yes, in, yeah, the, in yeah. the raffle. Yes. So he wasn't playing with them. It was my third Mordor army of the uh, of the weekend. He's playing the Blackgate Opens Legendary Legion. Oh wow! So uh, that was a really cool one. And um, we played again on the M1 Henboard, which was pretty cool. Uh, although for the scenario we were playing whole ground it was slightly awkward, but it made it fun all the same. So um, that's uh, whole, whoever's holding sort of the most models as close to that centre objective as possible when. Um, one side breaks at 25% or breaks and outs. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it's Maelstrom deployment, which basically meant my catapult was useless because I had to put it down first as a war machine and then pretty much Michael's entire army came on next to it. Oh. And probably killed it. Uh, so uh, that put the cat among the pigeons a little bit for me and I was like, ah. But in the end, I just Leroy Jenkins did to the centre of the objective and we had a big fight. <laughs> and it was really fun, and that's all you can hope for. So he beat me ten nil in the end because it just I um I broke and then I lost too many to courage tests close to the objective and popped out and it just didn't go quite my way, but it was really close up to a point and it was a really fun game. Mike was just a total gent, so that was a really nice way of sort of finishing the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Then it was um, sort of a tier medals, so we did all the uh, awards. Um, uh, Tom Harrison very deservedly won the uh, came first with his uh, pits of Dogodur. The bloke is practically a savant when it comes to playing the game, so and <laughs> he happens to be just one of the nicest guys in the entire world as well. You know, Damien's spitting feathers at this point, going, "I, I don't believe it." Lies, <laughs> perfidy. But um, really lovely chap and thoroughly deserved win. Uh, so he took the win uh, for that. Um, and just, you know, the, Dan Stewart won the, won the painting. And I, I feel really awful, but I can't remember who won uh, Sportsman and uh, Best Theme, which is rotten of me. Um, same with second and third places, I do believe. So um, actually, uh, Tom Parkin, who I played game three, he came third. So, okay. the um, the scouring of Cheshire um, event page is still open. So, if anyone is interested, we'll be able to go and look at results for that. Yep, yep. So then, uh, yeah, help Steve pack away. 
Um, we did the usual sort of goodbyes and, you know, shaking of hands and agreement to do it again, um, which was really nice. And then uh, retreated off to the hotel, treated myself to a beef eater dinner and then uh, got the train home on, on the Monday morning. So that, that was my weekend. That was my first event. But it was a really good one. Yeah, it does sound really good. Definitely, yeah, very, but right up there with the kind of kind of events I'd, I'd like, and that's why uh, the uh, the FOMO will remain for a while. Um. Yeah, um, and I actually did win um, a letter opener uh, in the raffle, which was really cool. Uh-huh. It was actually what I because I've been going on about it all weekend because I have to actually open quite lots of letters for work. Um, so I was like, I want it, I really, really want it. Um, and as it turned out, my number came out, and I was able to pick it. So uh, I was awesome. quite happy with that. It's uh, a miniature um, re- replica of um, uh, Herogrim, uh, Theoden Sword. Uh, yes, I saw the picture of it. Very, very, very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, so I was after that for quite a while. Um, all weekend, kept on looking at it. And uh, yeah, I walked away with it, which was quite cool. And now everyone at work thinks I'm an even bigger nerd than I actually am. <laughs> um, the other thing to also say, obviously, because it's an element, you've got the element store. Uh, which was an exercise in restraint for me because they have an awful lot of paint. Yes, they, an awful I think lot I've, of paint. Not, I've never been, but I've, I think they're quite well stocked for uh, Middle Earth and stuff as well, aren't it, they? Yeah, they had a lot of Middle Earth stuff there, but their paint stock is insane. I, I often order a lot of my paint from them. Which is, which is a, I used to say it's a shame. I used to order it all from, from Incon Gaming, it being, Incon being local, but uh, um, I don't. Incom's in the next town over for me now, which is you know it's only half an hour drive, but um, I just don't have chance to go over anymore. I used to pop down on on the weekend when I lived in Cheltenham um, with Jacob, but now with two kids and Jacob swimming on a Saturday and stuff like that, I can't just pop over anymore. And um, it's just becomes a, so it means mail order kind of stuff, and uh, it's quite often an element I've got all the stuff that I want all in one go, and it's quicker for me just to order, which is a bit of a shame. So, um, but yeah, they I do tend to get a lot of my paint from them, and they have a fantastic range of stuff. So uh, I'm not surprised I would want to spend lots of money if I was there on paints and all the other little stuff that you kind of see on the website. You think, oh, I wonder what that's like, and uh, you can actually see it there. So. Yeah, they've got a really big stock of the the Abtilung, um oils. Yeah, I really really fancy getting a load of that. And they had the um, well, I use the new... magic gel for brushes and their and that um, potion cleaner for for stuff. So I I, I use yeah not their painting stuff, but I use their brush care stuff, which is good. Yeah, and they had the um, the gamers grass those laser plants. Yeah. So I was very tempted by that. To be honest, I was really restrained. I think possibly by an an excess of choice. I actually deliberately didn't i picked up a couple of scale colors i was running short on um and i got some more um brush uh soap yeah and artist opus do the little um dry brush like slates yeah to go with the brushes so i, I picked I've, up one of those i've as been well. using their dry brushes for a while but i haven't picked up one of those slates um i tend to use the, a, a... what i was using previously was um uh getting the wide strip masking tape yeah. and then half crumpling it up uh, and laying it on okay. something, I've got so a, then it creates that surface. I've got a bit of old um, fabric, some felt that I've used over the years to wipe paint over it, and it's so much dried paint on it, and it doesn't do a bad job. But yeah, one of those, um, one of those things I'll pick up one day. One of the, yeah, yeah, but it's when if, I pick up some paint and you want to make up to you nearly at the free postage. That's the kind of time you kind of shove the extra little extras in. So I might. Yeah, 
only got the small one, um, but I think that'll be adequate for my needs. But um, yeah, if you um, if you get masking tape and you you kind of crinkle it as you stick it down to stuff, that does a similar job. That's what I've been using so far. Cool. But yeah, so I managed to come home without buying too much stuff. In fact, I ended up buying more for other people. <laughs> Said, "Whoa, what are you there?" So yeah, it was, it was it was really good fun. That was a really really good first event to go to. Um, obviously, I've already said that I've um, booked a hotel for next year. I'll be picking up ticket as soon as it becomes available. Yeah, absolutely. and I'll definitely be going again. Yeah, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Sounds like you had some really good games against some some cool people as well. Um, yeah, so and got to own, meet all around pretty good. Pe- yeah, got to meet people I've not met before who I've you know encountered briefly or haven't spoken to whatsoever um it was really nice to to see um steve from nice tabletop in, in person yeah. uh, we've had sort of you know exchanged a couple of messages here and there on uh, instagram and yeah yep, really nice too, to yep. meet sam page um yeah there's a whole bunch of really lovely people who um got to meet and who were really lovely so you can't argue with that there wasn't you know really anyone there that was um causing a problem i don't think steve actually had to um or any of the, the sort of the TO team had to have sort anything out really that was a problem. A couple of rules queries, but nothing untoward. The whole weekend seemed really chilled and really friendly and played in a quite a sort of you know very welcoming community spirit, which I thought was pretty awesome. And to be honest, it's been a while since I've been at an event that's been like that for any game system. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me as well because it's um it's the persona that that. That, that Steve gives out, isn't it? Is that that's what his events are going to be like? So you're going to attract like-minded yeah. people, and and the, the, you know, and he's he's known for his tables as well, isn't he? All this this themed, fantastic, properly yeah, and his tables were tables beautiful. rather than you know rather than what we're going to be doing, which is um, themed, but a mat and some some terrain on the top. It's it's going to be what he does is just fantastic. Um, I love oh, the idea of it, but yeah. I'd never, I'd never, it's never going to happen. I'm never going to. Well, I've never really that played much it. And stall that much. <laughs> it's never going to happen for me. But what? No, it? his storage solution is quite impressive as well. He's big. He's practically like a big rack of. He puts entire tables into a rack. Uh huh. Is that in the studio? Is that? Yeah, in the side room, he's got nice. the expanded. I don't, anyone who's been paying attention to what he's been up to, he had sort of had a a second room where he was going to do um, board building tutorials and stuff, and he's he's mostly storage at the moment. Mm, but. Makes um, sense. He has a lot of stuff in a lot of places. In the, in that yeah, it's very much like the TARDIS. You shouldn't have that much stuff in there. No wonder his garage looks empty now. I'll say that much. Um, but no, um, the whole the whole weekend was very um, slickly done. Um, you know, despite his uh, somewhat feigned but slightly erratic um, persona on battle streams of you know liking a beer and he can't find his glasses though they're on his head and all that it, <laughs> for all that um i think the other side of mr crow the bit that successfully runs a business and you know knows what's up that's 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 there in abundance as well with his yeah, events yeah, yeah. it's um you know this is still it's still steve he, he's, he's still uh, he's still laughing while he's um he, he, something's gone wrong, but it nothing goes badly wrong and you'd never notice anyway because he just it just it's a great event it's all very well organised everything's generally planned for all contingencies so last minute dropouts because of COVID no problem we get ringers in all that kind of stuff everything yeah, yeah. was really well done and as I understand it Sam was only originally due to come down 
to sort of chill, maybe act as a ringer, and he ended up staying all weekend just to help him out. So you wouldn't do that for someone who wasn't really likable. So yeah, Steve true. must be doing something right. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest with you. And um, it's lovely to hear that the the, the event is, is everything that, um, that that it sort of described as. And no wonder that it's such a, a sought-after ticket when they, when they go up for sale. Um, yes, I, and, I, and, I, and I like... Uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it to anyone. I, I really like the fact that it's not GBHL because it means it discourages the people who are more fanatical about the gaming and who are going to play yeah. a little bit more. And I mean, and again, it may, it may not well telling be... anyone how to have fun. but No, exactly. It may well be that, that some of the people that, that do play those kind of games and, and that go there with a different mindset as well. And it takes the pressure off Yes. Them. They can Absolutely, take, take a slightly different list than they've been taking for the, for the league games because they know that it, it doesn't count towards the league, so they can let their hair down, so to speak, as well. Because lots of people like different styles of gaming, don't they? Not, there's some people that exactly you're you're very much of the you play as much narrative as as, as possible, and um, if you could go to an event where it's just narrative meetup rather than actually any kind of swish you'd probably go for that whereas oh god um, yeah i mean if you could just go and play scenarios all weekend that'd be far more i, I love that tea, idea but... and you never know that might be something we can look at in the future but i also i think i've said it before on the on the show i really as much as i, I want someone else to do it, very, so playing it. <laughs> yeah well as much as i love kind of laid back narrative game and i really quite like the way that um spg works as a as a match play game, I quite like. Oh, the it's match, far more balanced. I quite like the match play scenarios as a game to play. Um, but I, again, I'm not interested in going and trying to compete as part of a, a, a league or even trying to win an event. I just quite like the way it works as a as a as a pickup game as a match play thing, if that makes sense. As well as not always playing a uh, a narrative scenario that's designed to recreate something and that may not be balanced in, in, in the slightest. Um, I quite, I just quite like it as a, as a game to play where you are trying to beat your opponent, but in a friendly way. Um, that's why I don't mind going to the kind of event that you've just described and, and, and Throne of Skulls, for example, where most people there are going to be there. They might be trying to win, but um, they don't really care. They're going for the, 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 the event itself rather than the... The, just the, the tournament side of it, the whole the whole caboodle, rather than uh, just the, the the games. But it sounds brilliant. Um, very very jealous. It just it sounds you you sound like I did a bit when I came back from Toronto Skulls that that first time, and you know how happy I was with just hanging out all weekend and, and chatting with like minded people and, and and things. So um yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I'm glad definitely. You had a really good time. I'm I'm knackered, but otherwise, yeah, really good. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I, it's just age probably done. <laughs> and, ben, and you're quite tall. And I, I've not been to Element, but I've seen lots of pictures. I guess, the, are the tables quite low there? Or have they changed them? Uh, I know not they too to, bad. I know they no, used to I, be, I didn't. didn't they? Quite, they were much more... But it's, it, that place has changed a lot over the years, hasn't it? But I had the impression that years back it used to be lower tables. But I may be completely making that up. Yeah, I don't, I don't really find it was my lower back or anything, which is generally where I've always suffered. Um, yeah, yeah. But my my feet were in bits, <laughs> and because it's a it was a newer room for Premier Inn, there was no bath, which is you know that's such a middle aged uh, terrible thing to say. I, I but, did um, wonder when you were talking about your feet, you you uh, open your case up on the bed and take out your your, your foot bath and plug that in so it's warm, ready when you come back, and take your toothbrush out and that goes like one inch away from the wall or two inches away from the tap and lined up next to your your, your razor and is, is it like that is it kind of all uh, <laughs> in 
some respects, actually, I am quite a creature of habit. But, Did you, um, before you unpack, do you take out your own little cleaning bag and do your own bit of cleaning? And uh, No, um, I don't get the black light out either because you wouldn't do that in a premier in either because you'd have nightmares, you'd, you'd never probably, sleep. But... You'd go home again, wouldn't you? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, no, it was um, it was a really, really good event, really good fun. Um, the people, to be fair, made it. Um, I got to meet an awful lot of people I've not met before who were lovely. Um, got to see people again who I've met before, who I still liked, which is always a plus. <laughs> um, yeah, just genuine, genuinely a really good, really good time. Um, I'd probably still get the train up there, to be fair, because uh-huh. that's not particularly the best set of roads in the world. Um, I don't know. I might see how I feel next, next year. We'll see if any of us can still afford fuel next year. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, who who knows? To be honest with you, let's not even go there. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say um, from a from an experience of a first event, it's really good. Um, if I were to take a couple of leanings away for going to your first event, it would be a case of just do it anyway. No matter how worried you are, just go. Yeah, everyone's pretty chilled out. Um, most people will be totally happy to. Um, you know, take it your pace, um, allow for the fact you might be new, may not know the game as well. Everyone's really friendly. Um, it's a really good way of picking up and learning um, sort of how your army works, learning rules, learning the game system in general. It encourages you to think about things differently. Um, it's very easy to think safely about which scenarios you play, um, whereas if you're forced to play scenarios you otherwise would have not looked at or maybe even avoided, um, it, it sort of teaches you a new way to play the game. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really excuse to get out in amongst the community and meet people. And, you know, as much as, you know, people can be scary and they smell sometimes and all that kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> most of them are all right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really good thing to do. So, um, particularly if you're coming from other game systems and may have had some negative experiences, um, it wouldn't be the first person to have had a bad time at a 40k event or, even in the latter years at heresy events and stuff, but Midlife is very much of its own thing. It's much more friendly, much more social. Yeah, I would. I'll definitely I would, encourage people to go. I would agree, I think. I've, I've played a few different events at um, and tournaments, stroke events, if we include the same thing, at, at different systems, and I think it's up there. All the events I've been to, they, they, they've... They've not been any more or less friendly than the heresy events, which are renowned, the ones I've been to anyway, are renowned for being friendly. Um, so it's, uh, and they were proper events with no tournaments involved. So I've, I've not found that any of the tournaments I've been to, at least with the ta- bottom tables or mid to bottom tables that I've been playing on, and those opponents, they've all been super friendly. And the, the odd high level opponent that I that I've met maybe in the first round before they've beaten me um that have all been super super nice and um complete gents um as well so yeah I've never never experienced anything bad I don't go on enough to know to really kind of give it a, a full review so to speak but um I would be very very surprised if um anyone was to experience anything really really bad really really yeah exactly hopefully there'll be another battle strings meet up this year so I'll go to that um and then it'll be running Flotsam and then mm-hmm. potentially doing something with the greetings from the Warp Boys this year as well, helping yeah. them run something. Um, I don't know what other events I may get to this year. 
Um, we'll have to see. I'm. I will be aiming for. Uh, well, um, what am I going to? Running, running flotsam. Um, I'm going to um, um, crack on again. But that's not kind of a that's a meet up event really, more than a, a gaming event. And um, and it will be hoping that Throne of Skulls tickets come out yeah. at a time when I'm know that I can be free for that weekend and I get a ticket and all of the other stuff that, in, that involves around the, uh, the FOMO for that. But yeah, that, that I'm hoping that's back to normal and there is one and uh, and it's at a weekend that I can make because that would be the one I'd be aiming for at the end of the year and I'd love to make up the Battle Streams meetup at the next the next one if there is one and hopefully be free enough to come along because I yeah, missed out last time and that's that would be perfect for me. So other than that, I've got no plans um, to sign up for any other kind of tournament so to speak i've just got too much going on at the moment and uh yeah um, i'm just um, rather than stress about it i'm just putting that to bed till i'm a little bit eat till things are a little bit easier um and that, that comes you never know you might get one day a pop out the woodwork somewhere close to you that you might just be able to go to potentially my my summer's full already and that's you know when you've got kids and family holidays and summer holidays etc etc just just go super quick so um i pretty much my there's not many free weekends now until we start looking sort of September, October almost. And it just, just fills up because my wife working a lot of weekends, so to speak. It's, it's not a case of looking at weekends, really. It's uh, it's difficult. So it is what it is for now. Um, things will get a little bit easier in, in a couple of years when the, when the boys are a little bit older. And it's easier to f- flog them off with some for a weekend or, or a day. So, for, you know, with the friends, if the wife's working and she picks them up afterwards. But at the moment, there's, you know... We, my my two year old is three this Sunday as we can, so he's still quite young. Um, um, so it's, it's 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 a little bit harder when they're that young to, to dump them on people just to go away for a day to play game, play toy soldiers. But we'll get there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, um, I mean, I, I don't have anywhere near your commitments, but even so, is committing to anything at the moment. Um, because well, just trying to be a little bit more sensible in general this year. I'm trying to be better, but um, yeah, I mean, if they do a. Uh, one world doubles so i'd like to get to that um because soap's been we've been talking about it for ages yeah, so that'd exactly. be cool and um you would, yeah, you would have done it if it wasn't for covid wouldn't you so yeah and obviously thrown and then uh yeah uh, uh, mr m whistles um pointed out a couple of bits and pieces going on at seven city so i'd like to go over there mm-hmm. and do some bits here and there because it's not that far for me it's only it's only an hour uh, it's sort of little one dayers and stuff. I think um, that's there. That's the way I started with a. Was it a one day? Yeah, it was a one day. The first one, I, the first one I went to, a couple of little one days, and they're, they're just brilliant for a nice little four round one days. And um, and it, yeah, I just absolutely love them. Relatively local to me, when you're sort of talking with an hour's drive or something like that, you. Uh, yeah, just they, they were a really good way of getting me into it so you yes yeah, so you've gone the other way around you've gone to a really big one first um but um i think you'll like the little one days as well i think you'll uh, get a lot from it yeah definitely i think um also playing at different points levels would be really helpful mm-hmm. because you know 800 points was really good fun and everything but that is quite a large game and there's a lot to keep track it, of yeah it is go and start sort of you know six five fifty six six fifty maybe those kind of levels which seem to be quite popular but the the smaller level really makes you think about your list building as well like that you really can't 800 you can pretty much take all all that you want can't you and get your toys in there whereas you're around that 600 point level you really struggle you you definitely can only pick maybe two out of the three or four things you really want and uh, um, it changes the game quite a lot yeah definitely so it's um 
it's, it's, it's it was a really really good experience um i did okay in the end for a long while i was in the top half you know i did think finishing in the top half would be quite nice i think i was 68th out of 116 so that's not too bad it's fine absolutely fine isn't it really and I, I won three and lost three and you can't really say fair that's than that, really can good you? yeah I, I would go away at an event like that thinking i want to make sure i go home with a win um, <laughs> not that it really matters but you'd like to win no and when you do that kind of feel that pressure coming off and you won obviously when you your first one didn't you so um you you failed on the rules of submarine and then you went the other way around um <laughs> but um yeah no it's three and three is Perfect. Really good. Really good weekend. That's all you can ask for. The way I look at it is not that it matters particularly whether I win or lose, but it shows that the game is really quite well balanced and that everyone mm-hmm. can go along, even a newbie, and have, have a laugh and have fun and yeah. feel like they've contributed and given people good games. I think that's yeah, a lot of yeah. it as well. There is a certain worry as a as a new player um, or new to events going along and because you're less experienced, perhaps giving the more experienced people a, a worse game or a worse experience, you know, because yeah. they've paid their money too. Um, but I didn't feel at any point that I couldn't, you know, hold my own. Um, admittedly, sometimes the the dice didn't exactly do me any favours, but uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. The dice game, really, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Well, I'm so, glad yeah. I'm glad you had a, a fantastic time, and thanks for the really good rundown of it as well. I was hoping we had, we had deliberately haven't really caught up on this in, in any detail because I'd be it's more. Um, it's more more genuine when we kind of talk about it for the first time rather than you told me everything so to speak so it was nice to nice to hear about it in detail rather than just the a few comments we've had on messenger and things so i'm glad you had a, a good time and uh yeah the event sounds exactly like i'd expect really which is very good and uh definitely want to go one day yes um and just to, to recap um by all means um look up top table gaming uh they're on uh facebook they've got a group as well uh, they're on obviously Steve's channels on YouTube. By all means, check that out. Uh, you'll be able to find the um, the stream from Friday evening if you wanted to watch my game against Tom Macklin, and then the other battle report will be out soon as well um, for the ambush ham on head. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also uh, look up the GBHL for anyone who's not on there. Chances are you already know where it is if you've been listening to us. But um, all all of the sort of events calendar, everything's available on there as well. So if you want to get to an event, try your first one out. Go look there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Right. Well, thanks for that, Dan. Anyway, it was nice to have a really good rundown and, and gave us a good, good topic, especially as we skipped past the FAQ by us not recording a show. But um, anyway, let's take a little break now and we'll come back and close the show out. And here we are, ready to close the showdown. So, um, Dan. What would you like to say before we let these people go? Yeah, so uh, once again, thank you for bearing with us. Um, It's been a bit longer than we wanted it to be. Um, Obviously, Stu's away on holiday, so we can make no promises about the next one, but hopefully it won't be as long a wait as it has been for this one. So uh, please do bear (laughs) with us. Um, Once again, thanks to um, Steve and Matt and Sam for uh, running uh, between them the Scouring of Cheshire. Uh, really really enjoyable and I've, obviously everyone the innumerable people that i i met or uh, met again or just you know generally hung around with um over that weekend your stars really really wonderful weekend and then the usual shout outs to um both steve and damien for batch streams in middle earth uh anyone who's on the the gbhl who we've been speaking to and uh, the general content providers who are putting out some really great stuff at the moment especially shout out to uh north of the shire uh, Don and crew, there have been some 
really, really good uh, episodes of their podcast recently. So if you have not, check them out. No, I definitely echo all of all of the the, the shout outs to the people there. There they are um, all great show. And I, I remember getting you to to listen to, um, to listening to to North of the Shire because it's um, one of my favourites and has been for a while. And I'm glad you're hooked on it as well now because it's it's good, really good. Um, and yeah, thank you also to you, Dan, for putting up with me never being available to record because it's, it's, it's is me mainly than uh, not Dan. And we've both been busy, but um, Dan, we'd have probably got two, three shows out in between if um, if it wasn't down to me just not but not being able to do it, not having time. So thank you for putting up with me as well. But anyway, hopefully things will get back on track at some point. We are looking at one show a month as a, as a goal at the moment, and if we get more, then 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 the bonus really um and with me being away now i'm not you know, i'm not back into the uk till easter sunday i don't really think so it's um we're, we're going to be looking at um end of end of next month end of april for the next show and around the same time as the pack comes out so there'll be lots of lots of stuff going on um from from us then around that time but anyway if you would like to get involved um please head over to facebook you can give our page a like you can join our facebook group and you can find us on instagram at ootfp podcast and on twitter at ootfp and if you'd like to email us you can email us at ootfp podcast at gmail.com and also check out our youtube channel again it's a it's a sister to the show rather than the other way around we don't put an awful lot up there but you haven't looked at it before there are many videos on there and you can also check out my youtube channel miniature realms um which is very active, but it's um, not loads and loads of uh, um, Middle Earth stuff on there. But there will be quite a few Battle for Battle of Five Armies um, videos going up on there, um, rather than on, on over on the Out of the Frying Pan channel, just because I've got a, a lot of um, subscribers over there that are watching that stuff. Um, so they will go up, likely go up over there. So you'll have to head over there to see it. But no doubt, I'll share those links. But anyway, thanks very much for listening, and we will catch you all again soon.